Hey everyone, Geekade and the Colon Cancer Alliance are teaming up once again for the Pain in the Assathon 2017, featuring games like Comic Zone, Mega Man Unlimited, and Zelda Wand of Gamelon. Several Geekade personalities, including Dan, myself, and Jengis, and Evan, and Dean, will be playing Pain in the Ass video games to raise money for colon cancer research and prevention. The event will begin at 10 a.m. on August 5th and end at 10 a.m. August 6th. That's 24 hours of non-stop Pain in the Ass video games. Stay tuned to Geekade.com for more details. Warning. The following program contains adult language, adult themes, and spoilers. Viewer discretion is advised. And welcome to this week's episode of This Week's Episode. I am your host, Evan Goldstein. With me, as always, is the wonderful Garen Randazzo. Baloney, it's all the meats. <laughs> and the amazing Chris Randazzo. My name is Barry Allen. Oh, I screwed it up. <laughs> Wrong flash. We here on this week's episode talk television. This week, we are discussing the ninth. 1998? No, no, 91. No, 91 version of The Flash. Only had one season, so it's season one. Episode, depending on where you're looking, either 11 or 12, titled The Trickster. But before we get into that, here's your weekly reminder that you can get in touch with us at mail at geekade.com. Tell us what shows we should be watching. Tell us what you think about the shows we are actually watching. Tell Chris how to dress, because he has problems. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Just contact us. Let us know you're there. We love to hear from you. So I got to pick this episode, and I feel like I stole it from you, Chris. Uh, you know what? <laughs> I was going to do original recipe flash at some point, but mm-hmm. I was going to do um, I was going to do the pilot. Okay. Okay. All right. Though, I mean, I am glad you picked a trickster episode because Mark Hamill is... Is delicious. He is by far the creepiest thing I've ever seen on television. And that includes some Buffy the Vampire Slayer stuff. Like, it's uncomfortable. I would have picked the other one. There's there's another trickster episode, I think it was the last one, because it's also got Richard Belzer in it. Oh. But. (laughs) Well, this is the introduction to the trickster. Yes, it is. Oh, my God. Well, all right, let's let's back it up a second. Let's talk some basic Flash stuff, because... John Wesley Ship, man, he is rocking the '90s hardcore oh, in the show. His wardrobe. You want to talk about how I dress? <laughs> the height Good of his Lord. jeans alone make a man uncomfortable. You know that shirt he changed to in the end, though, wow. like when he was all tired in his apartment, he's like, "Oh, I gotta change." And then he changes real quick, and it's that weird, like, black and gold. Oh my god! It was just like, jeez. And I always loved the peach fuzz flash suit because I feel yeah, like yo, that flash it's suit fuzzy. is so cool. <laughs> like, it and- does look fuzzy, <laughs> and it was like there was a whole there was the whole science behind it in 
That's what I like so much yes. about the pilot episode. Like there was a whole reason for every the, the suit to be the way it was, what it was made out of. There was a reason for the symbol. Like mm-hmm. it was a whole thing. I was that, that was pretty pretty cool. They, but uh, this was definitely a, and I didn't know this at the time, but n- watching it now, this is such a show that was made after the you know the nineteen eighty nine Batman movie. Like, it yeah. was very, very much that. To the extent that at the end of it, I'm like, man, whoever wrote the theme song to this was aping Danny Elfman <laughs> hardcore. And then Karen was like, it was Danny Elfman. Like, oh. So, yes, you were correct. <laughs> so this was Danny Elfman, like, on the weekend. Like, <laughs> would he do this on the toilet? Well, Just like, uh, yo, we need a theme song for The Flash. Make it really similar to the, like, in the same vein as the Batman one. It's Danny the Batman Elfman's the like, Animated Series What if I entrance. just do the Batman one? And, like, that's what it, he, uh, it, it's exactly that. And I was like, I wonder if they stole that for the animated series from here. No, no, because no, it's it's not the exact same tune. There's it's, a thunderclap at the very beginning. Like, well, yes, but there's a freaking lightning bolt on the screen. Come on now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, maybe I'm being nitpicky. Yeah, no, I, I, it's it's really similar to you know the the Batman movie and. I think it's more melodically similar to the Batman movie than the Batman animated series one, but stylistically it's it's super similar. Mm -hmm. But if you're comparing it to the movie theme, it's like it's literally almost just an inverse melody of the Batman theme. Like it is almost identical, just with a a minor note here instead of a major note or something. Like it's really, really lazy, (laughs) like unbelievably lazy. But it's glorious all in the same. Like it is, I don't know if glorious oh, is the word. I love that. I love those theme songs. Those those entrances for for you know the 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 Elfman esque, whether it be Elfman himself or in that vein, it just makes it well, feel I mean, more Elfman epic did than it actually Batman, is. The animated series and the Batman movie, and those two are phenomenal. This one is just like this weird. <laughs> Like soulless, try- cheap carbon he was, copy. He was trying it's, shit it's out. Like you- Earth two, <laughs> it's, it's, it's like Earth 2 Batman. It's the Earth 2 theme song. It's the poor man's Danny Elfman. <laughs> yes, it is. The poor man's but, Danny Elfman. Man, the title. John are Wesley Ship is not the poor man's Michael Keaton. No. He's just John Wesley Ship. Yes. And he is a fabulous man. Um,. He is fabulous. And you know what? I mean, for, for all the. I mean, just. Like, there's more cheese in five seconds of this than, like, 300 Cheez-It commercials. There's... <laughs> Cracker Barrel would, like, kill somebody to even get a sniff of this much cheese. I but, believe Crackle, Cracker Barrel sued this show for likeness rights, actually. It's very, very true. But all that said, everybody in the show is, like... They're just... They're just giving it their all. They're owning exactly what this show is. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you're looking at superhero TV shows in this time period. You had, like, Greatest American Hero, uh, which was earlier than this. You had Batman 66. Like, there wasn't a ton of real attempts at a superhero TV show at at this point. You know, like, we hadn't gotten to Lois and Clark yet. Nope. And even that was some, some pretty cheesy business. But you could kind of see that this is a, a stepping stone in the evolution of that. Like, it wasn't quite there, and it's still not what I would consider good, but the whole time I'm watching it, like, 
you have to at least kind of appreciate that they put some real effort into this show. It was not a cheap phone-in. It was they were trying to make a superhero TV show, and they hadn't really figured it out yet. I mean, it didn't take itself as seriously as the Batman movie did, but you could tell that this was something from those executives that says, all right, well, this was a success. Let's see what other avenues we can take this in, what other characters we can use for this. Let's see if we can capitalize on this. And clearly they didn't. It ran for a season, but... They tried. They did. They did try. You know, like, nobody can say that Mark Hamill was phoning it in, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Hell no. That man chewed up a scene like he was starving. He put on that outfit like it was a second skin, you know? <laughs> and yeah, I watch, as you're watching this, I don't know if you did the same thing, but as I was watching it, I was waiting and listening for the hints of the Joker. Oh, definitely. Because this is where it came from. But it was so weird because it was also, he's so young, you know? Yes, incredible. Like, I young. haven't seen young Mark Hamill outside of Star Wars in, like, I don't know how long since I've seen this. Mm. And he would do these bits where he would talk like normal Mark Hamill, which weren't normal Mark Hamill doesn't really sound like that anymore. So no. it's like, he's Too many years this weird cross between... Yeah, it's this weird cross between the Joker and Luke Skywalker, and it was really bizarre because he's prancing around in tights, murdering people. It's and spending a good portion a really of the experience. episode talking to himself. Yeah, like, that yeah, was really was, creepy. Was a lot of that. Oh yeah, wielding a chainsaw at one point in time. I mean, <laughs> like, yeah, he was like he was a there was not a redeemable villain or even a deep villain. He was just like, this dude belongs in, in all of the psych wards. Yes. Like he needs to go on tour and hit each one of them. <laughs> I, I hadn't watched this. I don't know how it came about. Someone was at my house and they asked me if I had this version of the flash. And I'm like, you know what? I don't. So then I immediately got it. And man, it was not a mistake. This show is you see where other shows came from like this is the the beginning of what we're dealing with now including modern flash Absolutely. Like i saw some little like bits of inspiration mm-hmm. particularly the uh opening credits sequence i was like oh that's just how barry got it. like <laughs> well they're both barry yes but <laughs> The the where bit where he's in the lab and he gets struck by lightning. Yep. I'm like, oh, they that's where they got that from. Well, that's I mean, that's, I'm sure they got it from the comics initially, but and that's what's great about the show. Specifically, like it, it looked so similar to it. The, I never realized. I mean, in, in knowing how much you know, the new Flash pays homage to this show. I'm sure that's not a coincidence that the no, show that scene was shot so similarly. This, all right, let's the suit. I mentioned the fuzziness. He has mm-hmm. the the Batman neck problem where he can't turn his head. He yeah, has to turn his yeah. body. That just gets me every time he moves. Like every time he does a quick turn, but it's his entirety. Like it makes me laugh and I don't think it's supposed to. The, all right. I want to call it the speed up effect, but it's really not. Oh my God, really those were not. some very special effects. Because he's do like... <laughs> He's doing everything at regular pace, but with, like, just, blur lines around him. Yeah, they just, and they just speed up the film. That, like, I kept thinking about, like, 
how long it must have taken to shoot those sequences. And he's just like wrapping a rope around the box that he put the trickster in yeah. or he's tossing and turning on the couch. Like that must have been the worst shoot ever. <laughs> or how about when he untied uh, what's her face? Right. That took exactly as long as it would have taken a normal person to untie her. When, when he and it just his hands were just moving super fast, and there was a sound effect going on. There was a scene where the trickster like throws a cake or something at him. No, the cake blows up and then catches on fire, and he, and <laughs> yes, Barry because that's what happens to cake quickly quickly runs over somewhere to pull down or to untie a banner. To smother yes. the flames. <laughs> but it literally took the same amount of time as if I was doing it. <laughs> and meanwhile, the trickster sets that giant statue in the middle of the park. These two completely unattended kids are just staring at it. <laughs> then it blows up, and he just leaves it burning. <laughs> yep. Like... <laughs> I leave the kids there alone. I'm, I'm waiting for him to to run around it super fast and put out the flames. And Barry's just like, nah, the firemen will get here eventually. Somebody will have called 911 by now. Oh, wait, cell phones aren't a thing. <laughs> eh, whatever. He just leaves that thing just burning in the middle of the... They... I didn't realize, <laughs> because I, I have skipped a couple of episodes and then jumped to 11 or 12, depending on what you're watching. Um, he doesn't really... Expand on his power set for a while, like like at the beginning of episode eleven, let's say, he still hasn't run a hundred and fifty miles. Yeah, and like he's, he, I figured by like again, I haven't seen this like since real close to when it originally aired, but I thought I, I could have figured by this point he would be further along with his powers, but he's still getting winded from yeah. like. You know, running from point A to point B. Meanwhile, by the end of season one, Barry's like traveling to other dimensions, <laughs> turning back time. He's like, I'm going to go run to Star City in 4.5 minutes, you know? Like, My favorite part of... We're gonna, I'm going to talk about the pilot for a second. When he first starts using his powers and he gets really hungry and there's yeah. that chicken <laughs> and he eats the chicken so fast he scares his dog. <laughs> I remember that, yeah. I always like the bit in the the first uh, the pilot episode where his clothes fall off. Yes, like he goes running and then he stops running and his clothes are all burning and shit. It's like I really appreciate that. I, I really appreciate that you took the uh, that into consideration that he needs a super suit, otherwise his clothes will constantly burst into burst flames. into flames. Which I remember them like addressing that in the modern Flash too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they gave another reasons. thing that they did. Um, in this show that they also did in Modern Flash. Super lame love interest. Like, why is he into this chick? Come on. Megan I... is, is tough. She's a badass. That's it. That's all I got. I did not get it. <laughs> and, like, Iris was in the pilot. Where the hell did she go? I Was she? I could have sworn that was the, the girl the, that Iris was in the pilot episode, but maybe I'm wrong. Hmm. I always. Th- I, I will say I found um, John Wesley's ship probably as charming as I find Grant Gustin. Oh yeah, like, like, that part was well done. With you know, if, if if this show had just a more modern script, he still would be perfectly good as the Flash. Mm-hmm. He seemed a bit old, but maybe that's just because I'm used to the younger. <laughs> Grant Gustin just looks like a kid. <laughs> <laughs> While we're talking about the Flash, though, like. This is something that I, it's a little bit of a tangent, and 
it, it makes me kind of sad to admit because, all right, so I really love most of what they do on the new TV series of The Flash, like as far as the Flash effects go. Mm-hmm. But um, I have to say that as crappy as the Justice League movie looks, and particularly as un- as just stupid as the Flash's outfit looks, the effects that they're using for his movement, I think, are cooler than e- even the new TV series. Like, there's something about the the lightning effect of the mm-hmm. way that he just looks so fast. Well, you can. That's that's, that's, that's a budgetary cool. thing. Okay. Well, it isn't. It isn't because like the things that we're talking about here, where like they're adding an effect to something that's like nor- takes normal speed, they do that kind of stuff a lot in in the TV show. Where it's like, how in the world can somebody who is so fast they can run up buildings and literally appears as a streak when he's when he's moving? Like they'll they'll do other things in the show that just don't seem like they're as fast mm-hmm. and they this is a problem with the flash that i've seen even in the justice league cartoon like sometimes it just won't look like he's moving all that fast like the show's telling you that he's moving that fast but he's really not and now granted i haven't seen the movie yet but I, i'm i'm looking at this and the, the these bits in the trailer where it just looks like he's moving as fast as lightning in everything that he's doing. And there's a certain, a very specific attention to detail in that that I really find super cool. I know it's not super related. It just, it keeps popping up. Every time I see the Flash move in the, the, the commercials or trailers for Justice League, I'm like, of all the things that really look stupid about this movie, and they are many, <laughs> that actually looks pretty darn cool. What I liked about the, the speed effects in this show, and I don't know if it actually happens in this episode, when they show him... Like, in like on camera running, like he's going regular speed, and everything else is zipping by him. In mm-hmm. the current Flash, when they show like on camera, like like his face, he is exceptionally slow, and everything else, like they do that weird slow mo effect that doesn't make sense to me. Do you, you, you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. It. Like, he should be at all times running at norm, like being normal. Everything else should be blowing by him. Hmm. That's why. Like that's what they did in this show. I don't like. I said I don't think they did it in this episode. Um, second little thing that I love that they carried over to the the Flash is the air cannon. Whenever he leaves the oh, room. Oh yeah, when he leaves the room. <laughs> <laughs> I felt bad for that actress to be like, oh, here comes, there goes my hair again. <laughs> and to finally get to see in real life the flesh's like mortal enemy, marbles. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when they did that, I looked at Chris. I was like, they really just do that? They did it. They went. They went <laughs> for it. They did it. <laughs> there was a lot of marbles in this episode. <laughs> All in all, I, I like I, reminiscing almost with this show because you see what we have now and you see where it came from. And just like this was like the introduction to television show, live action television show superheroes. Well, reintroduction. Well, yeah. I mean, before that, I just went to go look up a list of superhero television shows and mm-hmm. it, it counted shit like Knight Rider. And I'm like, no, this list is completely moot. No. 
Um, but six, like that, all the rest of it was like before my time. Like, granted, I love the '66 Batman, and I liked that show, but that was this is like when I consciously chose to watch television. You know what I mean? It, it's yes. I do. It's just a a. This is more like this is more my time than it is. Oh, I I've heard about this show. My father liked this show. I'm gonna watch this show. And I and they they put time and effort and thought into it, which you know, good on them. As opposed to just throwing a dude in a red suit. It was neat to see like 14 different flashes and all the interpretations of Flash at the the costume jamboree that they had. <laughs> and the the <laughs> cop and. The one cop who thought his partner was really the Flash. Yeah. Those two were, like, my favorite thing in the episode. <laughs> that one dude got punched in the face with a, 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 punch, a punching glove on a spring. <laughs> like, come on, really? This is awesome. I was pretty fond of how completely over it that the older cop was, too. The whole time, he's just like, would you please stop it with this crap? I mean, come on, look at me. How am I the Flash? And then at the end of the episode, he's just like... Yeah. Nah, screw it. I'll play your game. How do you know I'm not the Flash? <laughs> you never know. Well, all right. I, uh, I feel like this was the right choice of an episode because you got to see creepy Mark Hamill, some fantastic special effects. I mean, uh, the amount of costume changes that Mark Hamill did in this episode was astronomical. With the fake teeth and the fake nose at one point like, in time. Yeah, he had me definitely fooled once or twice. <laughs> How exactly did he get her into that dress at the end? I... <laughs> <laughs> that is a very good question, sir. Where did he even get that thing? Where did he Where get the first get one? Those wonderful toys. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, I have never seen this before, oh. so thanks, Evan. You're welcome. Um, I'm glad you enjoyed it. But... <laughs> I, I did. It may sound like I didn't, but there, there was definitely some fun to be had. Um, the thing that it's left me with mostly, I think, is that the show is very in the spirit of the like source material. Mm-hmm. Like it's a very literal interpretation of comic books. Yes, <laughs> there was, you know, <laughs> I mean, I had trouble like nailing down. When in time does this show happen? Because, like, they had a lot of, like, old cars and things. But then, like, he has an answering machine. Well, you <laughs> like, just have to look at the what outfits. What the hell is going on? <laughs> exactly. And then uh, the one girl's going to help him find where Trickster is. And she goes, a theatrical warehouse. And he gets, he gets on the phone and calls information. And he's like, theatrical warehouse. Yeah, there's a couple dozen of those. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> like that would only be in a comic book. Would that be true? It, okay, so when the new Flash came out, one of its greatest praises was that it is like a modern day comic put on TV. And comics have very much turned to a darker route, not necessarily as grim as like Batman, but they're more, they try to be slightly more realistic. And I'm air quoting that. This was what the Flash comic was back then. It was very lighthearted and fun and bright and colorful. And so, yes, it is. Would you say flashy? Flashy. Get out. (laughs) (laughs) You married me. (laughs) Damn it. All right. Let's let's end on that note. Um, (laughs) 
<laughs> We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we got some news, so uh, stay tuned. The latest World War II movie to hit theaters comes from the director of the Dark Knight trilogy and has earned high praise from critics. GeekAid's Chip Garrison believes that this three-part epic deserves every good word said about it and does justice to the historical events whose story it tells. Find out what makes this story so special in Dunkirk, World War II, through the eyes of Christopher Nolan. In today's fast-paced world, sometimes you just want an old-school beer, an easy-drinking American pale ale with an extra kick of hops. And what better game to play while drinking this beer than one that's all about moving forward and blowing shit up. Learn more about Dan's latest beer and video game pairing in Bits and Brews, Carton Hot Pun, and Contra. If you know anything about comics, you've probably heard about the recent Marvel storyline Secret Empire, in which Captain America is a villain. A lot of people, myself included, hate the idea, but welcome to the D-List's Jonathan Fuger has a different opinion. Click over to see him explain why he thinks this unpopular story arc is some of Marvel's finest work in Shocking But Satisfying Empire, located in the Think Tank. You can catch all this great stuff plus tons of other videos, articles, podcasts, and more right now at geekade.com. Chris! Hey, how you doing? Very well, sir. Is it time? Oh, it's time. What's it time for? It's time for the Dragon Ball Super 60 Second Summary. And begin! So last week I didn't get to tell you about the Pride Warriors. The Pride Warriors are a bunch of dudes from another universe that wear a bunch of red and black stuff and they're super powerful, including the super powerful, super big guy. Uh, I don't even remember his name, but Goku really wants to fight him and the other guy, and that guy's just like, meh, whatever, and he disappears, which was freaking weird. So, like... They all gang up on Goku and the other Saiyan girls, and uh, the um, uh, really not a whole lot happened. Um, there was there was some more fighting, and uh, the Saiyan girls uh, beat up some other the Pride Warriors, and really the Pride Warriors all went down uh, in this episode, which was pretty great because they were kind of obnoxious, like very Power Ranger style uh, characters, uh, very over the top, almost Ginyu Forcean. But uh, they took them all down except for the lead guy who's still out there somewhere. Uh, and uh, the the girl Kale or Cauliflower, whichever the super burly girl is, got her crazy superpowers under control, which is pretty nice. And she looks pretty badass. And that was pretty much all there is to it. I got three seconds to spare. I like waffles. The end. <laughs> he does, you know. He loves waffles. It's it's funny because it's true. Thank you, Chris. You're welcome. And we are back. Thank you so much for paying attention to our commercials and the Dragon Ball Super 60 Second Summary. Let's dive into some news. Um, let's, uh, starting it off on a, on a sad note, um, legendary voice actress June Foray has passed away. Um, you may not know her name, but oh my God, do you know her voice? I like there are so many credits in this article. It is ridiculous. Didn't we lose Scrooge McDuck this year too? I think so. This is Rocky and Bullwinkle level of fucking voice acting. Like, I mean, she was like ninety-seven or something. Ninety-nine right? like, when she passed. I think. Yeah, she like this was one of those voicing when she was like ninety-six. I think it said in this article. She'd been yeah, doing it for a long did, time. 94. She did Magic of Dispel in the DuckTales Remastered game. Mm-hmm. Um, 
It's just one of those things, like, uh, when I read that story, like, it's it's hard to be sad about somebody dying at the age of 90 fucking nine. <laughs> like, it's not like this was some, like, huge tragedy. Her life was cut tragically short. Like, she lived a life. And that's that's wonderful. Like, that's one of those things, like, wow, good on you. Way to live to 99 years old. What I liked best about this article was I'm trying to find out who actually said it. uh uh, uh. Chuck Jones supposedly once said that June Foray is not the female Mel Blanc, but that Mel Blanc is the f- male June Foray. That's a big deal. That's that's high praise that's right there. That's real high praise right there. <laughs> um, real quick, Woody Woodpecker, How the Girl Grinch Stole Christmas, uh, Curious George, Spider-Man and His Amazing Friends, Alvin and the Chipmunks, The Smurfs, DuckTales, The Real Ghostbusters, Tiny Toon Adventures, Gummy Bears... Garfield the Friends, Rugrats, the list goes on. Her voice was all throughout my life, apparently. But big bucket of win, as they say. Um, this, this next article comes to us from The Nerdist. And I, I'm kind of surprised they haven't done this yet. I, I Apparently, the Animal, uh, animal Planet does the Puppy Bowl every year during the Super Bowl. What do you mean apparently? Mean apparently. <laughs> no, the the I didn't realize it, that the point of it was to raise awareness for adoption. I thought it was just, oh, that's cute. Like just draw <laughs> people away from the Super Bowl. <laughs> but unbeknownst to me, there was a a purpose behind it other than seeing cute little puppies play football. Uh, this year Animal Planet on top of doing the Puppy Bowl will also be doing the Dog Bowl where it'll be highlighting some uh, seasoned dogs that are just just need to be adopted. I think this is, this is a great idea. Maybe it'll be a better game. Yeah, more dogs is always better. <laughs> there was this, like, it was a passing line. Um, it was something to the effect of, like, it, the Puppy Bowl's popularity outweighed the... The kitten bowl, because of the age-old debate of dogs versus cats, like apparently, I can't I can't see the cat bowl being any sorts of entertaining at all. You know what's great? Because clearly you've never seen the puppy bowl, so you don't know about this. No. Um, they have a kitten halftime show. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they that they don't just have a kitten halftime show. They have the what is it? The bunny cheerleaders. <laughs> Um, the um, hamsters ha- yes, in the sky. Yes, they have hamsters in a blimp <laughs> over the over the puppy bowl. Um, they have like people. They have animals tailgating in the parking lot that are like ducks and more bunnies. All right, so now I'm gonna actually have to watch this because that seems adorably entertaining. Oh, it yeah, really is. The years it that is... we have not had cable for this, it's just like put a dark cloud over the Super Bowl for me. Because, <laughs> like, don't get me wrong, I'm actually watching the Super Bowl, but the Puppy Bowl just like plays on repeat all day on Animal Planet, <laughs> so you're able to like do both. Uh, and you can like totally skip the halftime show because you've got the Puppy Bowl on. That's and true. that's wonderful. That's true. And and you know what? I I miss the Bud Bowl because they're really. I don't think there's anything. I don't think anything has ever been more absurd than the Bud Bowl. Do you remember the Bud Bowl? Was that with the cans and bottles and shit like that? Yeah. Yeah. The, all the digital animation. Like, what was the I, point of that? <laughs> I don't even know. It was a Budweiser commercial. 
It was so ridiculous. And I, I can't believe that it went away and it didn't somehow get even more absurd over the years. Like, I wish the Bud Bowl would have kept going and they would have just kept iterating on it somehow until we just literally got Transformers <laughs> made out of Budweiser bottles and stuff beating each other up. But Real Puppy deal. Bowl is way better than the Bud Bowl. Puppy Bowl fills that void. Puppy Bowl is wonderful. Okay, two thumbs up for Puppy Bowl. Um, now, I... Was it last week that we were shocked that Legends of Tomorrow was being renewed? I feel like that was a thing. Um, we weren't shocked. We were just kind of like, yeah, it's still a show. <laughs> so apparently Wentworth Miller and Neil McDonough are set to return for season three. I didn't even realize that they were gone. Wasn't Neil, like, the lead in the show? Like, wasn't he the main no, guy? No, wasn't. He was Damien Dark on Arrow. Yeah. And then after he was killed off last season, the season four of Arrow, he appeared on season two of Legends. But since we didn't watch that, I don't know how involved he was. Oh, he was pretty well involved. It was um, he was part of the essentially Legion of Doom. It was like him and Captain Cold and Malcolm Merlin all teamed up together. They did the. Not really Legion of Doom. Like, it was just kind of like a team of supervillains, basically. Mm-hmm. And uh, I I would like to watch those episodes because I really want to watch him interacting with Malcolm Merlin. And I mean, like, talk about a trio of ham. Like, that just sounds delightful <laughs> to me. It really, I mean, I can't imagine behind the scenes with those three. That just must have been great. I just just those three, those three people in the same room just must have been wonderful. It's um, like a ham sandwich, except the bread is also ham. <laughs> exactly. It's it's ham double down. <laughs> double down! Um, <laughs> Arthur Darvall. But yeah, it's 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 just younger. It's not younger him, but it's just, you know, it's time travel. So it's him before the Arrow stuff happened, I guess. Oh, I was not aware of that. So what my confusion was, what I looked up, was Arthur Darvall. That's, yeah. that's the guy who was the main like he was the guy yes. in charge when it started yes and now and it's I one of the main his... reasons we wanted to watch the show and then he was off it for a little while apparently he's back now he's, he's, beca- yeah, he's coming back as a recurring ca- guest starts is in this article so they took a turn with that character i think the whole time masters thing didn't go well for them <laughs> it didn't <laughs> it was pretty dumb <laughs> season one was pretty dumb and i'm glad i didn't finish watching it <laughs> okay so, season three, a Voltron trailer came out. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, it's this freaking weekend, man. During the Pain in the Assathon, there's your Pain in the Ass right there. So, I'll be doing yeah, that instead of watching Voltron. Yeah, this, uh, this came. I'm, I'm kind of. Did we know that this was coming this quickly? I, I was at San Diego Comic Con. I totally missed it last week. <sighs> Just totally missed this. So, season three trailer for Voltron has been released, um, but we also got the news that season three is starting the f- the fourth. Why do I feel like that's yeah, fourth? So, so it's the fourth it's Friday, yeah. And uh, I got to scroll down because season four, this is this is a, a short season, right? They were thirteen episode seasons. Yes, I feel. Not 110 on that one, but um, this epi- this season is only going to be seven episodes, 
But the fourth season is coming, I want to say I read it in October. Let's see. Do, 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 do. <laughs> Good news. The fourth season following in October. Yeah, so this is basically like... They're just taking a this, break. Uh, yeah, this is like a mid-season hiatus. <laughs> yeah. Um, and did we know that um, Netflix signed them up for 78 total episodes? Yes, we okay. did know that. I, I, that's a lot, so that's good. Six full seasons. So it'll... So, or... Fucking Six seasons is a movie. <laughs> Twelve seasons of this half shit. So the the trailer looks great. Uh yeah, I I love this show. I love <laughs> love love this show. Um, I cannot wait to see where they go with Prince Lotor, because the whole time you know season one and two are rolling around and like season two finishes up and I'm thinking to myself, you know they didn't do Prince Lotor in this show. And then like a second after I thought that, the last line of season two is summon Prince Lotor, and I was just like, yes. Dun, I cannot dun, dun. wait to see what they do with this. Did you see the- Prince Lotor has been depicted as a very interesting character from time to time. Did you see this uh, the April Fools trailer? No. Okay, it's in this article and it's the beginning of the trailer for season 3 has Prince Lotor talking to a crowd and then he turn he takes off his helmet long flowy white hair and then he turns and in the april fools trailer they go all the way through that up until the turn and when they turn it's like a cow's face you know they they do it's it was just weird i was like wow that's that's a weird april fools joke but i love the voice cast in this the 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 tone seems the same it looks it looks really good so signing up sign me up for some mo Karen, yes, please. Karen, you post yes. you posted up this next one, mm-hmm. and I feel like this is a bit, but apparently Larry David and Bernie Sanders are related, mm-hmm. and we're tying this into TV because Larry David did a Bernie Sanders impression on Saturday Night Live. Okay, listen. First of all, yes. <laughs> okay. But second of all, this uh, information was disclosed on one of those genealogy shows. Oh! I'm now looking for where it said that. Yes. The, I, I did read that. Um, it's supposed to be kept secret. Oh, it was at, it was, in, it was during the um, Television Critics Association thing. Gotcha. Not during a show. Uh, but. But it's. Created, the Kirby Enthusiasm creator discovered his relation to the Vermont senator during an appearance on the PBS show Finding Your Roots with Henry Louis Gates Jr. Yeah, That's there you a go. hell of a title for a show. I know. Well, it's PBS. <laughs> so when, uh, there's for. a picture in this article of them standing side by side, and you could see a resemblance. There's some sort yeah. of family. I mean, it makes total sense. They uh, they also tie in the uh, they put a video for his Bernie burn your enthusiasm skit on SNL. That was so funny. It was very funny, very very funny. Oh, remember when we could laugh about this stuff? Not anymore. Chris, you posted hey. you posted up this this run of Twitter images. 
this is next level business right here. We talked about how McDonald's said they were going to send, uh, uh, what was it, uh, Justin, Justin Roiland, Roiland. Uh, what is it, Szechuan sauce, Szechuan or however, sauce. <laughs> however you say it. They said we were going to send him like a jug of it or something. Yep. So they did, but they didn't just send him a jug of this stuff. Like <laughs> they put it in a like bright orange briefcase, like a, a biohazard case or something. <laughs> they wrote a whole freaking backstory for how they got it. Like, all right. So the first thing you see is the jug, which just looks like a jug, except when you look at the warning label on it, it says for use only in McDonald's restaurants, C dash 1998, 1998M during limited promotional window. And then maybe again, Hold on, my phone went... 20 years later. And then maybe again 20 years later. Do not serve to mad scientists traveling with their teenage grandson, potential non-scientist versions of mad scientists from an alternate dimension, and or Jerry. (laughs) That is absolutely freaking brilliant. (laughs) And not only that, but they also included this wonderful, wonderful letter that says, Justin, we finally did it. It took months, but we finally brought, ba- brought back some Szechuan sauce. We'll spare you the physics, but turns out dimension C-1998M is a dimension where it's always 1998. 1998 every day. No smartphones, no social media. It's a weird, scary place, but they've got Szechuan sca- sauce on the regular menu. So here we are with some precious cargo. The Szechuan sauce you remember and some souvenirs from the dimensions we tried along the way. We wish we could have brought more sauce, though, but we couldn't risk keeping a portal like that open. Think about it. If you knew in 1998 that McDonald's would have all-day breakfast in 2017, would you really want to stay in 1998? Of course not. If we left that portal open, we'd have puka shells, bucket hats, and boy bands as far as the eye could see. It's too risky, even for a sauce as delicious as this. A few lucky fans will also get to experience the glory, but the first bottle in this dimension is for you. Stay swifty, Chef Mike. I do not particularly care for McDonald's, but holy crap, they put a lot of effort into make like following through on this friggin' joke. And it's I mean it's it's right of them to do so because it is fucking Rick and Morty. It is. And you know, I really need to go and watch more of this show because I keep seeing these clips of the new season popping up and they're all really, really great. And I'm like, man, I should really give this another shot because I watched season one and it didn't grab me the way that it seems to have grabbed most of the world. But now that I keep seeing more of like pieces of it in later episodes, I'm looking at it like, I really do enjoy these characters and the way they talk to one another. So I'd like to give this another shot, and I, I probably will again soon. <laughs> but holy crap, it's a lo- McDonald's. It's, it's like, good this is them. a lot of effort to go through. <laughs> good on them for putting forth the effort. Good PR people. <laughs> yes, exactly. Well done. Um, Entertainment Weekly this week told us that Jessica Jones will be adding power star J.R. Ramirez in season two. Uh, What's power? I don't know. I don't remember, but I do remember <laughs> this dude from when he was on Arrow. Oh, who was he on Arrow? He was, uh, he played a vigilante called Wildcat. He was a boxing trainer. Oh, yeah. Uh, the yeah. Wild- Wildcat. Yeah. That was the one who trained Black Canary. Yes. 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 Um, and so he's going to hmm. be on Jessica Jones. Yep. He's going to be playing the new the super in Jessica's building. And... His child falls for Jessica, so it's. I feel there's going to be a love triangle kind of thing going on. 
So, there you go. Um, defenders noted oh, in here. Oh, and um, what else did they say in here? Oh, I think it was somewhere else that I read it. Um, but they're thinking as this is going to be 2018 is the season two. Uh, yeah. Like it's filming now. Yeah, I read that somewhere as well. Um, yeah, Jessica Jones is expected to return in 2018. But on the other hand, the Defenders coming out on the 18th of this month. So so soon. Sh- and we finally finished Iron Fist. <laughs> yes, Holy we crap. finished Iron Fist. And just a yay or nay? Nay. Chris? Me. Not an enthusiastic yay, but... Not a horrible nay? I was- okay. It was, you know what? It was. It's just like Karen said. I don't remember if she said it on the show. Like everyone in the show is interesting, except Danny. <laughs> that is true. Yes, Danny's, Danny sucks. Danny is blandy. <laughs> and like it, oh. the you know final co- um, conflict in the show where he's like you know gotta make a decision of what to do about Harold, and he's having like these flashbacks to the plane crash and like these anger fits. <laughs> And the way that, what's his face, <laughs> Finn Jones, I think is his name. Yep. The way he played it, just yeah. It was like a nine-year-old in a yeah, school play like a pretending tantrum. to be mad. <laughs> yeah, it was ridiculous. And like, meanwhile, I'm like, I didn't mean for I, this I'm, to I'm, spiral out of control. <laughs> I say, I, I thought I really, really enjoyed Ward. Like, I did not expect to like that character one iota when the show started because he was just he was a piece of shit and they showed that he was a piece of shit when he was a kid mm-hmm. and then they they just kept adding layers to him like he's he is a piece of shit but he knows he's a piece of shit and he knows why he's a piece of shit and he doesn't necessarily want to be a piece of shit and i thought that was really interesting well, he just and that wanted little to be left piece alone. of conversation with danny's old friend who was also kind of a piece of shit his old friend talking to joy who's now pissed at everybody and Madame Gao chilling behind them, like, did... What's his face? No, what was his name? Davos. Davos, did he know that she was there? Like, is he working with the hand? Because that wouldn't make any sense. That scene was so interesting. There's so much interesting crap going on, except Danny. And then he goes there, and he's like, man, they're going to have afternoon kung fu practice. <laughs> and Colleen's just like, I can't believe you dragged me up a fucking mountain. What am I doing here? And he's like, Kun Lun's gone. And you know what the show didn't do? Make us give a shit about Kun Lun. Like, they didn't make it seem like a cool place. They didn't make it interesting. There was nothing likable about Kunlun so when he got there and Kunlun was gone I was like whatever (laughs) and the only thing I really know of Kunlun uh, from the comics is I never read a bunch of um, I never read a lot of Iron Fist comics but um, what was it Uh, Fear Itself there was a whole great bit where they needed to get away and so Iron Fist took everybody to Kunlun because it was like in another dimension Mm -hmm. or something Yep. so that's it's just kind of what I always figured Kunlun was and it really was just like a spot on the fucking map that you could go to or there's just a snowstorm in the way so well they have to do that to make it real so HBO was hacked (laughs) (laughs) Uh, apparently 1.5 terabytes of data was stolen that's not that big a deal Um, nope so but apparently they're. But there was programming stolen. Yes. Um, 
Some uh, there was an episode of Ballers and <laughs> 104 Room 104 and a, a script for Game of Thrones. Hmm. So so what I don't understand is like when you go to Kunlong accomplish <laughs> <laughs> Like, it's not like anybody's going to cancel their HBO subscription no. because they can get this shit elsewhere. It's That's not really how this works. No. <laughs> it's someone being a dick to be a dick. That's it. I hate the internet. Yeah, just to show that they can. Yeah, that's it. Um, And, like, of all the things to choose to steal, an episode of Ballers? <laughs> like, do you understand what happens to my in my house at <laughs> Sunday night at 10 o'clock? Ballers comes on and I go, nope. <laughs> What's the Shut matter? You don't like TV the rock? Because Game of Thrones is off uh, over. That's not right. <laughs> gotta, gotta show the rock some love. Look, I don't know. Maybe it's a good show. Maybe it's bad. It doesn't look good. So I'm yeah, not fucking it could be fantastic, it. but it's on after Game of Thrones. Like, like what are you doing, guys? Like, <laughs> the only thing I want after Game of Thrones is, is more, more Game, Game of, of Thrones. Thrones. <laughs> and it never freaking happens. We <laughs> just have to wait another week or longer. Son of a bitch. Or another year. So, yeah, I'm sure uh, HBO will get the, I don't know what they're going to fucking do. Why, did they, why do I even care? They're going to hire assassins is what they're going <laughs> to do. Probably what they're going to do. They're going to send the Unsullied over there. <laughs> so let's talk about some more news that we already knew. Yes, we are fully aware that Hallie Outwell definitely still wants to play Peggy Carter. There's no doubt about it. Good. Now somebody give her a platform to do that. That's it. Just make this happen because we we want it as well, and these little articles keep coming out, you know, reminding us that this is still what we want and that we want that she wants type of thing. We're good, get it, make it happen, people. Whomever's listening, just make it happen. What was interesting to me in this was that she was also talking about what happened um, at ABC, that it was a network decision to. M- to pull her off of this and put her on conviction because it was more mainstream mm-hmm. and not genre. Yes. Um, and that was a really fucking stupid thing that to do, That was a poor decision because yes. that show got the crap canceled out of it, it, wasn't <laughs> because it wasn't very good. Because it wasn't very good. Well, I tried watching it. It was not good. And I can't understand why they did that because, like, they also have S.H.I.E.L.D. and S.H.I.E.L.D.'s doing pretty well. So, like, it's not so much, they know it's, that type of show works. It's a period piece, and that's the problem. Period pieces are very expensive for television networks to do. There's a lot involved. And if you go mainstream current, it's just cheaper. So, eh. that's it's, it was a money decision. That's it. They thought That was a stupid money decision. They thought that she, her... Yeah. her, her Clout could transfer over to a bad show, and they were wrong. Just bring back the good show. That's what I say. Speaking of bringing back the good show, you see what I did there? That was a segue. Wow. Um, More Roseanne. This cracks me up. Roseanne revival news. Um, I totally forgot. I don't. Is it Chalky? Is that how you say her last name? Chalk. Chalk. I forgot that Sarah Chalk played uh, Becky. She was second, Becky. Yeah, I, it just like didn't click, and apparently she's coming back for the revival as well. Both Beckys. Both are. Beckys will be. <laughs> I can't wait to see how they play with but, that. Um, the uh, I don't what what's the other one's name? Lisey Goranson. Uh, they, they is playing Becky. 
So yes. Sarah has an undisclosed part. But in this article, it's great to hear. I'm glad that they're getting as much of the cast as they can back. In this article, there's a couple of pictures of side-by-sides of when they were kids. And I see absolutely no resemblance other than the fact that they're male, female, white, and blonde-haired. That's it? Yes. Um, but there is a vignette, almost, of uh, the two of them playing the two Beckys at, in a Patty Duke-esque style. Yeah. <laughs> it was adorable. <laughs> that was very cute. So, yeah. she. I like her. I like Chalk. I find her funny. And she's attractive as well, which helps. Um, I've been told I look like her. I don't see it. <laughs> I don't see it either. Well, I am also white and female. Yeah, and like so you look like Becky. Look as much like her as she does other Becky. <laughs> <laughs> you are a, an attractive human female who has at one point in her life had blonde hair. <laughs> and finally, um, okay, we, we when this when Karen when you posted this. Um, both Chris and I went, Andrea Romano, we know that name. Couldn't remember from where. But this woman is responsible mm. for a lot of the voice casting for a lot of the animated properties that, that we grew up with, that we still partake in now. Um, she is retiring. She's not dead. She's retiring. She is retiring. <laughs> um, she's been doing this for 30 years. That's amazing. From DuckTales to Batman the Animated Series to Voltron. Like, she's had her, her, her hands on a lot of properties. Uh, she has directed more than 10,000 voice sessions. That's... That's a lot of work. That's a lot. That's a lot of nuts. <laughs> 35 Emmy nominations and 8 wins. Yeah. Her work has spanned more than 1,600 episodes of television, 50 films, tw- and 20 video games. Uh, most recently, she directed uh, Voltron, The Legendary Defender, which is the Netflix show that we were just talking about. Um, so, I mean, big bucket of win. Congratulations. Well-deserved. Well-deserved retirement. And that's it. That wraps it up. Made it through another week, guys. Chris? We did. did. Hey. Have you worked out the spiel yet? Are you still... You... I have. Okay. No, I've, I've, I've got it in front of me. Before I even talk about that, I just want to mention one more time, just because we have a little bit more time, Geek Hates Pain in the Assathon is this coming weekend, August 5th and 6th, starting at 10 a.m. Donations are live now. Uh, and that also goes for when we're recording this and when it'll actually post on Thursday. Uh, but if you aren't interested in video games, but you just want to support our cause, uh, it's the Colon Cancer Alliance. It is uh, in in honor of my late father-in-law. It is uh, it's gonna involve me and Evan and a ton of other Geek Eight staff members, special guests like uh, Ferg from the Atari Twenty Six Hundred Game by Game podcast and. Brandon from the Interdimensional RSS unofficial Rick and Morty podcast. Uh, it, it is going to be an absolute blast. We're going to be playing pain in the ass video games for 24 hours. 
I, 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 there's an art auction. There's also an art auction that's going live right now. We've got some great original art from uh, some uh, local area comic book artists, and it's 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 all live now. There's links to it on our website. Uh, it, it is an extremely important event to me. This is the second year we're doing it. I, I'm hoping that it's going to be a big success. We have a lofty goal of three thousand dollars to hit. Um, and if we can hit that, well, I'll just be doing cartwheels because uh, that's that's a lot of money to raise for a really really worthy charity. So, Geekade's Pain in the Assathon, uh, Twitch Twitch slash Geekade to watch the live stream, or just go to Geekade.com. There will be links on all of our social media everywhere to just poke the link and watch or donate or read about or anything related to it. It's it's gonna be a hoot. Indeed. And speaking of hoots, you can get in touch with us at mailinggeekade.com as well as all flavors of social media that we inhabit. You can like us on Facebook with both the Geekade page and the This Week's Episode page. Find us on Instagram at Geekade. Subscribe to our YouTube and Twitch channels for all our latest video content, including the Pain in the Assathon. And follow us on Twitter at the underscore Geekade. Or follow this show specifically at Twepcast. Or follow us individually I'm at Geekade Chris. That's Geekade K R I S. Karen is at shoot underscore the underscore moon, and Evan is at Geekade underscore Evan. If you're interested in more information about anything we discussed here tonight, be sure to check out the show notes. And while you're at it, you can also subscribe to this and any of our other wonderful podcasts on iTunes or Stitcher, where if you're super nice, you can leave us a review, because any and all feedback is welcome and appreciated. Again, always remember to keep your eyes on geekade.com, where we post something new frequently. Back to you, Evan. Thank you. All right. Karen, it's your turn, right? It is my turn. All right. What what are we what are we watching? Because, you know, we have a very busy weekend ahead of us. I know. Okay. And uh, please tell me we have to talk about the Twitch stream, because that'll be just easy for me. <laughs> no. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> no, but uh, I think that after your <laughs> tremendous efforts in fundraising, that um, I chosen something that'll be quite enjoyable and relaxing for you guys, and for me. Um. <laughs> I would like to talk about Justified Season 4, Episode 11, called The Decoy. Justified Season 4, Episode 11, The Decoy? The Decoy, yes. The dulcet tones of Raylan Givens. <laughs> All right. Very good, Karen. Thank you so much. You're welcome. It's going to be it's going to be a long weekend. God, for all is. of us. For all of us, it's going to be. I hope this works out. Because I do, I do think it's a good thing. Just it's a lot of effort. It is. There is no small amount of effort. I am currently exhausted. All right. Well, with that, let's, let's just go to bed. From all of us here at this week's episode, I'm Evan. I'm Karen. Raylan Givens. What a name. Good night. And this concludes our broadcast day.